the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Make his name great. Luke 1, 32, 33. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. How do you process being told that your baby would become all of that? Just how do you deal with something that big in a few moments? The angel Gabriel who suddenly appeared to Mary, was no ordinary angel, highly ranked in charge of legions of angels. He came to a teenage girl whose whole world was no bigger than her village in Nazareth. And despite her age, Mary was already used to doing some pretty hard chores, probably fetching water, caring for animals, tilling the ground, planting, pruning crops. Those sort of things would have filled her days while probably the cooking and the cleaning duties would have had to have been done early in the morning, before sunrise perhaps, and on into the hours at night. She was a typical working teenage girl as part of a family in Nazareth. Just your everyday girl, but here she was being told the biggest news that anyone could ever be told. And I've been to a 24-7 culture just like that in the third world. And uh, I want to tell you that in the third world, there is no let up. There is no weekend. We got a part for a trekker in a town of 50,000 at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night. (laughs) People work day and night. The only respite for Mary was the Sabbath when she would be found giving heartfelt praise to God under her father's watchful eye and covering in the local synagogue. This was the cultural setting that Mary knew. But she already had a purpose before the angel arrived, I believe. She already had on her heart something. She carried something of a purpose far greater than herself before Gabriel turned up. She was a worshipper. How do we know this? Because of Mary's response. Her response proved that she was worship ready before the angel came. And the enormity of the news took a while to sink into her mind, but she was already in her heart and her spirit. To receive that news because she was in fact in tune with the Lord verse 46 we read the prayer or Jenny read the prayer of Mary um, and in that prayer we realize that she had a heart for worship and in uh, verse uh, and sorry in the part where we um, read earlier from verse 32 uh, she's about to meet um, her cousin was it a cousin Elizabeth? And the prayer that 
that she heard, um, or the prophetic words that she heard regarding her boy child um, after hearing these words proved that she knew her God. From this prayer, we see that Mary was pregnant with promise before she was pregnant with Jesus. Let's turn to Luke 1 and just recap on a couple of those verses. Luke 1, 46. And Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour. You know, despite 400 years of silence from the Lord with no prophetic word, no miracles, no spiritual signs. You know, isn't it so wonderful to hear these testimonies of healing? I just caught up with a guy this week who was told he'd have to have his arm taken off due to cancer. And he'd lost his job because he wouldn't be able to work. And that meant they lose, lost, would lose their home. And he knows now that people were praying for him. Malcolm and Trixie know this guy. And they've been praying for him. There's an old church up north has been praying for him. Within a few days, he sold his dog to a guy who said, why are you selling your dog? And he says, because I've got to move. I haven't got a job anymore. I'm going to have my arm taken off because I've got cancer. And then he had this prayer and um, he knew that people were praying for him. So he went back and, uh, and told, them, told them at the hospital, look, I don't, I don't think I'm going to need this operation. And they said, no, we weren't even going to give it to you. You're, there's nothing on, the, nothing on the scan. Your hand's fine. We don't need to take it off anymore. And then the guy rings up who he'd sold his dog to and says, hey, I've got a house. Come and live on my farm. And now he's even got a job on that farm. <laughs> and he doesn't have to have the operation. You see, God is into miracles, isn't he? But there was 400 years with no miracles, no prophetic words. Israel was a bit of a spiritual drought. And Mary was at the end of that drought. But she lived and breathed hope and expectation that God would come through and achieve his purposes. Last week, the key word was prepare. We said, make ready your heart and your paths in order to receive fresh revelation this Christmas. And we know the story so well, don't we? But our nation is rapidly losing sight of it. We also spoke about a firm foundation, you know, we need a firm foundation to build our faith on, but unlike a building, God can rebuild our foundation. He can rebuild us. He can restore everything the enemy's stolen from us in a heartbeat. It may take a little bit more mahi on our part to make up for lost ground, but as the angel said regarding Elizabeth in verse 37, nothing is impossible with God. Perhaps the fresh revelation that we need is to make him known and to make this wonderful gospel, the good news about starting over, known to others in the midst of this pandemic. Rather than just, just sort of relaying the same old story, let's, let's relay the story of restoration, the story that God can restore lives and build us again and restore what's been stolen from us. 
So I believe this week the Lord is saying, make his name great and make him known every day. Let's unpack several ways that we can do that. So number one, we need to start every day with praise, like we've just heard. Oh, the glory, you know, just be in his presence. Get into his presence. It aligns our hearts. It aligns our spirit again with the spirit of God. Mary says in verse 46, 47, I've already read it, My soul exalts the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Every morning we need to jumpstart our soul with praise. Trials of the day, harmful words spoken to us perhaps, and anxiety are like leaving the lights on in the car all night. They drain us. And we've had withdrawals after withdrawals. But by getting into praise, it's like jump-starting us again. It's like hooking up the jumper leads from a source way bigger than us. Do you know that uh, some recent stats out on the COVID effect in New Zealand is that one in two people, one in every two, 50%, aren't sleeping well due to fear and concern. One in nine people have lost their jobs. You see, the world is hurting. The world turns to all sorts of other alternatives. It turns to other means to find true spiritual power. But Ephesians 1.18, oh, sorry, Ephesians 5.18 says, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's in the continuous tense. That means be filled and be filled and be filled, be filled, be filled. It just goes on. We, uh, we leak. In fact, we, we, we leak worse than a warehouse tent. <laughs> and he has to top us up. But he has a solution. Power from above. Of course, he would rather fill us because we've been serving him. He'd rather fill us because we've been spent, given out. But that's okay. He understands our human frailty and our need for a top-up. However that happened, that we leaked. The word, the key word here in verse 47 is the word saviour. Mary says, he is the, my, um, my God, my saviour. He needs to be our saviour and Lord before we seek power to live for him. Without salvation, we can't truly know him or be filled with the Spirit. This continuous, continuous filling is only available to those who have bowed the knee, have become Christ, um, a born-again saved Christian because he won't fill a dirty vessel. We're, we're cleaned by the blood of Jesus. Last year, Jenny and I hired two e-bikes from a, from a rather unfriendly business owner in Napier. <laughs> he barely wanted to serve us, let alone explain how the bikes worked. So anyway, we set off along the waterfront of, at Napier there, trying to figure out the controls. And after about one or two kilometres, I stopped and said to Jenny, I reckon these things don't seem any easier than, than a standard bike. <laughs> so we fiddled around with the knobs and 
tend a few things, and wow, what a difference. <laughs> we took off like an Aucklander after lockdown. We were, we were going at about four to one ratio, re return for effort. That's the power of praise. That's the power of praise. Psalm 103 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. We need to tell our soul to worship and decide we will worship, in capital letters, will worship, despite our feelings or circumstances. You know, it's not based on our feelings. Worship shouldn't really be the result of everything having gone great. In fact, it means so much more to God when things are bad. That was Mary's first priority, to worship and to call God her saviour. Next, we need to show it on our face and tell others how great our God is. So number two is keeping it real, keeping it real. Verse 49, God loves hearing his children's personal thanks and requests, just like we do from our kids. When we get specific, we bless God. Thank you, God, for the green car you gave me. <laughs> no, just kidding. Mary says, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Great things. See, there's a certain thinking among some Christians that we shouldn't sort of bother the Lord with our petty little small stuff, you know, and that every prayer needs to be for others, you know, and holy. We sort of get a bit holy with it all. And, and, yet that's, and that's good. But this victory mindset has, you know, and it has its place. It has its place for overcoming apathy, for raising the spiritual temperature, and for corporate, in a corporate setting, for building faith in a corporate setting. But God would also have us be honest in our prayers. And when we're in a valley, when we're in doubt or when we're in fear, we need to tell him, like David. You know, he seeks intimacy with us. And doing life with someone includes sharing the good stuff and the bad and what's really on our heart. Jenny would like me to say more about what's on my heart. I know that. I'm working on it. We can, we can over-spiritualize practical needs sometimes. When we really desperately need something in the, in the practical, it is hard to worship. And if we've got the means to help someone, James says, do it. Get them out of that hole so they can then start to really praise God. But, you know, we can, we can always just be working in that spiritual area of praying for that person when we've got the means to help them. But ask. Ask God. Be specific. Ask. Ask him for a miracle. We've heard about some miracles this morning. He's got big shoulders and he won't be offended. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxiety upon him. All, all means all. It's the little things and the big things because he cares for you. But there's a condition ahead of that verse, and that is that we humble ourselves. So there is a precondition for casting all our cares on him, is that we humble ourselves. 
Mary's prayer does include the same order. She's humble in verse 48, and then she personalizes her thanks in verse 49. We make his name great when we're real with ourselves and with others. Number three, finally, pray an eternal perspective. Pray an eternal perspective. Let's make his name great by praying into reality by faith what is not yet a reality. We need a vision to see what to pray for and to start praying into those things that we don't see yet. We've got to use our spiritual eyes to see them. Mary has a multi-generational view in verse 50. Let's read that. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. Oh, sorry, that's 51. 50. And his mercy is upon generation after generation. I may as well carry on. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. We talked about that earlier. He has scattered those who were proud in their thoughts and their thoughts of heart. See, she had a good grip on reality. She had a good grip on who she was and where she stood in God that she was a humble servant, but she had a generational vision. What's the vision for your marriage? What's the vision for your life? What's the vision for your work, your ministry? Pray into it. Pray into it. It doesn't take any faith to believe things are getting bad. We just have to look around. We only have to open the newspaper or turn on the news, and that doesn't take a lot of faith. But it takes real faith to believe God will change hearts out of all this stuff that's happening. God's going to change some hearts. He's going to keep doing miracles in people's lives. Nations are going to turn to him, and, and he'll heal divisions. If we can believe that, let's pray into that, that God is in the business of changing hearts. When we tackle the real evil strongholds behind this world system, we can expect opposition. It's a risk. It's a tricky business. If you're going to pray into these sorts of things and pray down strongholds, you're going to, going to get opposition. There'll be opposition. So we need to be in the right standing with God when we do. And when we seek to make God's name great, we need to first be covered with the blood of Jesus. We need to be washed clean by repenting of all our known sin. Let's just read verse 32 again. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father's David, of his father David's. It's worth it. It's worth it. Jesus has reached the throne of heaven. His, his, he's interceding for us. He's saying, come on, you can do it. And he's covering us with his blood. The simplicity of the Christmas story is what makes it so powerful. That the King of Kings would take on human form with real flesh and blood and be born to a teenage virgin in a barn is... Outrageous, really. The best script writers in the world couldn't have come up with a more amazing plan to save the world. 
God's ways are truly higher than man's ways. And his thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. His coming as a servant king offended many, especially the religious leaders of the day. And I'm figuring that his second coming, when he comes with great power, will no doubt be a surprise to many Christians and a tragic shock to unbelievers. It will be a shock, a horror to unbelievers. Got to make sure we're in Christ. It's our job to know him, to co-labor with him and make his name known. Let's make him great through our praise every morning, every day. Let's keep it real and pray into the small things and into the big picture. The big picture with a multi-generational vision. Jesus' birth is still good news. In 2021, it still is up to date as ever. The fact that a saviour is needed in this world is still relevant. Amen? His birth is still great news. Let's use this Christmas season to tell three people this week in love this wonderful gospel that we share. I challenge you, and I challenge myself, to tell three people this week the wonderful message, the gospel message. People are open at Christmas. There's a, there's a sort of a window. But boy, that, that, that Christmas spirit. It's pretty quick to lose, leave town, isn't it? <laughs> the old car gets packed for the beach and zoom, we're off. But hey, let's keep going while we've got that window and, and beyond. And let's tell people this wonderful news. Jesus saves. Amen? He came to save. He came, came to seek and save the lost. What a saviour. What a Lord. Let's make him great in our words, in our lives, and uh, may they back up our words in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we just do really pray into this message, this word today, Lord, for all of us. Lord, we just turn our thoughts, turn our eyes upon Jesus every morning. We just come before you in, in that quiet place, but reach that intimate place. Lord, your presence is available to all who bow the knee, who come in humility, like Mary, who was humble and open to the Word of God. We just pray we'd just take that Word and make it a, a, a lasting lifestyle and prayer for our nation, our community, our ministries here in this church. And Lord, we just pray that we would um, be covered by your grace, your blood, and make your name great this week, telling your gospel message. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.